Welcome to the podcast we call Soul Chaser, featuring stories from the book by the same name, Soul Chaser. This is Jordan Rich, and by my side is author Lauren Decker. We want to spend time with you today at soul level, awakening our spirits to the simple and beautiful idea that God is love and love is everywhere. And now, today's installment of Soul Chaser. Hello again, everyone. I'm Jim Deering, bringing you another of Lauren Paul Decker's stories. Here on Soul Chaser, the podcast. Stories with a purpose by Lauren Paul Decker about how God shows himself and his grace in everyday things. Lauren's books, Soul Chaser, Rufus, and I Love You Church, are available at fine bookstores everywhere. Today's Bible verse is from the New Testament, the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 23. My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her, so that she will get well and live. Our story today is called Jairus. Lauren writes, Jairus was an important man in his seaside village of Capernaum, on the Sea of Galilee. In fact, all of the region knew him. He was a popular figure at the synagogue, where he had held a seat as an official in the assembly. He had been somewhat of a wild youth. Some even claimed that he had a run-in or two with the local Roman authorities during his growing-up years. But ever since marriage and the birth of his daughter, his devotion was to family and faith. He absolutely adored his precious little girl. She was almost a woman now, for she had just celebrated her twelfth birthday. Her dad couldn't have been more proud, but this night he was also worried. Her face was drawn and pale as he studied her across the dinner table. Where was her ready smile tonight? What's wrong, Talitha? Jesus' voice was full of concern. He could see sickness behind her eyes. His mind raced as he rehearsed the news reports of a contagious fever that had already claimed the lives of three children in the village. Call for the physician, he said to his wife. She quickly summoned the oldest servant boy. He was her most trusted aide, and she knew he would understand the importance of this mission. The lad ran speedily through the dark streets to the infirmary where he knew he could ask for help. Considering Jairus's reputation, he was certain one of the doctors would volunteer a house visit. Meanwhile, back at the home, supper was over. The mood, usually light and cheerful in Jairus's house, was instead tense and fearful. Jairus had gotten up right after dinner, ready to carry young Talitha from the table and straight up to her bed upstairs. "'You didn't touch a bite of your supper,' said her mother, concerned as father and daughter ascended the staircase to the loft. Talitha felt so warm to him. Was it the fever? Was it his imagination? Where was the doctor?' 
I'm afraid I can't spare any doctors tonight, said the caretaker at the infirmary. Too many sick with a fever. We're short-staffed as it is. Jairus's servant boy turned and ran back towards the house with the somber news. All through that night, Jairus paced the floor while his wife sat by Talitha's bed. Hour by hour, the girl's condition worsened. Beads of sweat rolled down her forehead, despite the cooling cloths that the kitchen sent up every quarter hour. There was no sleep for anyone in the household. Talitha was beloved by family and servants alike. As dawn broke, Jairus knew what he had to do. His daughter was now struggling to breathe. Each gasp of air was fought for, and her frail chest heaved and rattled with congestion. "'Where are you going?' asked Jairus's wife, lifting her head from the edge of the small cot where her daughter lay, weak and trembling. "'I've got to do something. She's dying. My little girl is going to die.' The word sounded impossible to consider. "'Don't leave us here alone,' his wife pleaded. "'Jairus, I'm frightened,' she breathed. But he didn't hear her. He had already gone down the stairs and out into the early morning sun. His own heart was pounding in time with his sandaled feet on the cobblestones as he headed out to the outskirts of the village. His thoughts raced with his feet. Down by the water, with the fishermen and the dock workers, that is where the rabbi reportedly spends his time. Jairus began planning what to say when he found him. If I find him, Jairus said out loud. It was a long shot, and he knew it. Jesus, the healer, kept a low profile. It was no secret that the religious power structure, some of Jairus's best friends, wanted this Jesus dead and gone. Jesus had even been invited to some of their clandestine meetings, always late at night, in a remote location. The Pharisees feared the people would revolt if they took him out. He was popular with the crowds, but he still managed to operate almost completely underground. No one had seen him for several days, and the rumor was that he may have gone across the border into Syria. As Jairus approached the docks, he felt strangely out of place. His expensive cloak stood in contrast to the commoner's garb that everyone else seemed to be wearing. The air was thick with the smell of brine and the sound of shouting between men on the shore and their co-workers on board ship. Coarse language was everywhere. The synagogue seemed like part of another world. In one of the storehouses, where they kept the fishing gear and nets, a large number of dock workers had apparently gathered for a meeting of sorts. Things seemed to be wrapping up, as some were coming out the side door right near where Jairus stood. The rest were still inside the building, and he could hear them singing an old Jewish folk ballad. Jairus knew the song well from his days as a youth. He recalled that his servants often sang it to this very day. A simple song. It told of God's love for Zion. As the last strains of music ended, 
the door swung open, and a lone figure emerged, closely followed by a dozen or so men, who seemed to be keeping the crowd at bay. "'Are you looking for someone?' asked the man, emerging from the shadows. Jairus was immediately struck by the noble look the man carried. He didn't realize that his own countenance must have given away the fact that he was on a desperate quest. "'The healer, the Nazarene,' Jairus heard himself say. One of the men surrounding the two stepped forward and spit on the ground at Jairus's feet. "'He's a friend of Caesar,' he scowled. "'Judge him not,' said the one in charge. I think we should hear what's on this troubled one's heart. Turning to Jairus, he said, Something is troubling you, friend. What is it? Jairus paused. Somehow when the man had called him friend, it had stirred something in his heart, something that was unfamiliar yet known. He shook his head clear and focused on the man before him. My daughter is dying, and I need to find the Nazarene called Jesus, exclaimed Jairus. I am a desperate man who will pay. The man before him put his hand up and said, Take me to her at once. Are you the healer? Jairus knew the answer before his mouth formed the question. At once, said the healer, and Jairus started half walking, half running, towards his village. As they moved out, the ten or twelve men that had been around Jesus followed. Word traveled fast. The healer was on the move, walking with a rich man. The crowd quickly formed around them, and Jairus found it slow going, as he was now pressed in from all sides. Jesus had his hand on Jairus's shoulder, keeping pace behind him. Some of the men with the rabbi began to call out, Clear the way! Let the teacher through! Suddenly, Jesus stopped. Jairus looked back and saw him standing in the middle of the highway, at a dead stop. He seemed to be looking for someone. Before he could get to where Jesus stood, Jairus was bumped and jostled to the rear of the impromptu audience. He couldn't see through the crowd as to what had happened, or why Jesus had stopped, but he knew time was running out. Let's go, the calm voice of the Nazarene was unmistakable in the hubbub. As they resumed their pace, Jairus could hear the men around Jesus talking about what had just occurred. Twelve years on the street she was. Dogs have it better than she did. The twelve began to comment, brave soul to grab the rabbi's cloak like she did, pushed her way through and got her hand to it, claims she's better now. She's better. Did you see her face light up? And the way she ran out of there, I think I would run too after twelve years. Twelve years? The number jumped out at Jairus. His little Talitha had turned twelve just a short time ago. Now it was her life that hung in the balance. His thoughts ran ahead to the little loft where his daughter lay. He couldn't bear to even consider her dying. His thoughts were interrupted. Someone was calling his name. 
He thought the voice sounded like his brother, but he couldn't be certain above the din. He strained his eyes and ears, trying to locate the source of the calling. He was more certain now someone was calling him. Over here, called Jairus. I'm here. Two men burst through the crowd and stood before the worried father. It was his older brother, and with him was a man Jairus recognized as a doctor from the infirmary. They both looked pale and nervous. Jairus, we have just come from your home. The news is not good, the two men began. But wait, I have the healing teacher with me, countered Jairus with a nod towards Jesus. He's coming to our home now to heal my Talitha. Then came the crushing reply, It's too late. Don't bother the teacher any more. She's gone. His brother delivered the message. The doctor stood by, nodding his head in sorrowful agreement. There was nothing we could do, he managed. I came in haste at the moment your brother came to my door. I tried. The doctor's voice sank as he watched Jairus fall on his face in the dirt. A scream escaped from his lips as he lay prostrate in the roadway. There he stayed, defeated, broken, alone. He never wanted to move again. There would be no future, no forward motion without his beloved daughter. He sobbed deeply, his tears dropping into the dust. Then a voice. Don't be afraid, just trust me. It was the healer. Slowly Jairus rose to his feet. That's it, come on, urged Jesus. Jairus did not protest. Instead, he put his arm around the shoulder of Jesus. Although weak in his knees, he found himself back on the trail, urging his reluctant feet to move quickly to keep pace. The crowd was thinner here, away from the docks. The small band of men moved hurriedly and were soon standing at the gate to the village where Jairus made his home. Moving quickly down the side streets, they arrived at the home where Talitha lay. Jairus's wife ran from the portico and fell into her husband's arms. Together they shared their grief. There were no words. No words could be found to express their loss. It was Jesus who spoke. The child is only sleeping. She will awaken. The doctor and some of the neighbors snorted. Some laughed aloud. Undaunted by their disbelief, Jesus looked at the couple and spoke. Take me to her. The stairs to the loft seemed endless as a small band of friends made it up the top floor. There lay Talitha, so peaceful in appearance that for a moment Jairus found himself hoping she really was only sleeping. The doctor must have thought the same, for he went to her bedside and leaned over to her tiny frame. Holding a mirror under her nose, he shook his head. There was no doubt. She was not breathing. Jairus stared at the floor, his hand holding the hand of his wife. She was softly weeping, 
From the downstairs, the cries of the mourners reached them in the loft. Jairus Berry noticed that the rabbi had gone to the bedside of his little girl. Hmm, that tickles. Jairus looked up in astonishment, just in time to see Talitha push away the little mirror from beneath her nose. Was he imagining? Jesus held out his arms to young Talitha and spoke softly, the way Jairus did each morning. Talitha, it is time to awaken. With that, she sat up and rubbed her eyes. What is everyone doing up here? I'm hungry. Is it time for breakfast? Her words came like music. Suddenly the room erupted in joyous laughter. Hugs for little Talitha and slaps on the back, for the men came with the grins and guffaws. Jairus stood before the healer and was at a loss for anything to say. I wouldn't mind some breakfast myself, said Jesus. Food for all, then, called Jairus, a breakfast feast. Later, around the crowded table, Jairus stood with mug in hand. God has heard our prayers, and he is with us. Looking squarely at Jesus, sitting next to his little Talitha, he repeated the words, He is with us. Indeed. This has been Soul Chaser. We hope this program has caused you to consider the vastness of God's love for you. Nothing is going to change that reality, but love can certainly change you.